okay in, in the sense of it's not going to be maybe vital to you at first, but this is not one of those things. Doctrine is very, very, very important. Thank you, Brother Eric. And, uh, and so we're, we're very uh, adamant around here about the truth of the Word of God. And I want you to know not just what I think or what I say or what I preach, but what the Word of God says. And so that's why we're doing this on Wednesday nights and got a long way to go. Amen. Amen. Uh, but I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here and to preach one more time. First Corinthians chapter 14, and uh, we'll read verse number one. Brother, take, just take a glance at that soundboard. Uh, I don't know. He had to turn this way down. I don't know if somebody's messed with a bunch of stuff, but everything has been super, super hot. I turned the main down, but even this lapel was through the roof just a second ago. And so I don't know what's took place. Let me make an announcement while we're here. Do not touch our sound equipment, all right? Uh, keep your kids off the sound equipment. Stay out of the sound booth. Only people that's allowed to sound booth those two men back there, all right? Uh, because we get in here and everything's a mess, and then it takes us a month to line it back out. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, verse number 1, if you're there, say amen. amen. Again, Paul is writing. He's writing to the church at Corinth, and he said, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied, for greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. Even things without life, given sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be so, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and him that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel up to the edifying of the church. Wherefore him, uh, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray, that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I'll sing with the Spirit, and I'll sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he occupy at the room of the unlearned? Say, Amen, at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. For verily, uh, for thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all, yet in the church... I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also that 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. That's all I'm going to read tonight. And again, we have taken our text from here uh, simply because this is one of the main ones that the 
uh, charismatics and others use to defend their doctrine, but what they do is they take what's being said completely out of context, change uh, the, to whom it's wrote to and what's what's taking place to fit their uh, to fit their agenda, if you would. Uh, but tonight I'm going to preach on the corruption, and I'm going to try to dive right into point number one, if the Lord will let me. So please pray for me tonight, pray with me, and we'll see what God will do for us. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we do come to you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that it is to stand and preach the Word of God one more time. Now, I pray, God, that you give liberty. Lord, I pray that... God, you lift the heaviness. Lord, that you lift the awkwardness. God, that you just have free reign and free will. Lord, that you use me tonight, not for my glory, but for thine own. Lord, I understand tonight that we sit here. God, we're weak in our flesh and we're weary. Lord, we're no good. Lord, outside of the blood of Christ, there's nothing good in us. And so, Lord, for a little while tonight, I pray that you take the word of God, the preaching of it, the power of the Spirit of God working in me and through me tonight. God, to open the eyes of the blind, Lord, to set the captive free. God, to exhort, challenge, change, God, and uh, Lord, convict our hearts that we'd walk in truth. And Lord, that we'd walk in light. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to stand one more time. Please breathe on me. Help me. Give me power, unction, Lord, of the Spirit of God. Lord, touch me now for a little while. For what you do in me, through me, and for me, I'll thank you and I'll praise you. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. And all God's people said amen and amen. You may be seated tonight quickly and briefly again by way of introduction. It is here that uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, my friend, has begun to address the church at Corinth, uh, which is made up of a very mixed multitude. Let me explain uh, this for those who may not know or may not have been here. Uh, Paul has uh, uh, walked in to this Corinth church and among that church there's both Jew and Gentile. Uh, there's both lovers and keepers of the law. And then you've got the Gentile that's mixed up uh, in trying to keep the law, which is not even for them. And then uh, trying to believe the gospel uh, that Paul has been preaching. Uh, you want to talk about division and confusion and discord. My friend, uh, uh, may I say the church at Corinth uh, is eat alive with division. And one of those great divisions, my friend, tonight uh, is nothing more than doctrine. I've said this from day one, but I want to say it again. Uh, doctrine does not divide. Uh, doctrine unifies. Everybody says that doctrine will divide you and divide a church, but my friend, that's not so. The fact of the matter is, without solid Bible doctrine, we have nothing really in common. I mean, if we's just here based upon personality, there'd be a handful that can get along with a handful, and then another handful that would have no interest or no common denominator. But my friend, we're not here based upon our personality. We're not here based upon our preferences. We're not here based upon the things that we like or dislike. But my friend, in April 2015, my friend, God birthed the church upon the authority of the Word of God and the doctrine that's found within it. My friend, I still believe that me and you ought to set everything else aside and find common ground in the pages of the Word of God tonight. Doctrine unifies. It does not divide. It unifies. Rejection of doctrine can bring division, but the seal, it's really only one-sided. 
Here's what I mean by that. If you stand up and go nuts and say, I think you're a liar and call me a heretic and you leave, then there's division there, but it's not on my end, it's on yours. And what would I do for somebody that came back six months later and said, well, the Lord's been dealing with me and convicted me. Man, I, I, I see the truth. I see what you're saying. I do nothing but say hallelujah. Thank you for, for acknowledging your wrongs and we press on. Does everybody understand what I'm saying tonight? I'm saying all that to let you know, my friend. Uh, and I didn't read it, but, 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 but Paul says uh, down in verse number 26, he said, how is it then, brethren, uh, when you come together, every one of you hath a song. Every one of you hath the doctrine, hath the tongue, hath the revelation, hath an interpretation. He says, let all things be done unto edifying. Uh, my friend, he goes on to say that God uh, is not the author of confusion. In other words, he's saying, Church of Corinth, everybody comes in here. You've got a different doctrine. You've got a different song. You've got a different opinion. You've got a different interpretation. Uh, everything you do at your way could care less uh, what the Bible says. Uh, but let me say this tonight this is not a global church are you with me uh, in the fact of doctrine uh, we're not open to everybody's ideas somebody on heaven tonight uh, we're not open to everybody's philosophy uh, I'm not open to your interpretation uh, I'm not open to what you theologically think uh, my friend we are founded upon the truth uh, and it will be the truth that we stand on uh, and the truth ultimately that sets you and I free uh, my friend when you let everybody come in and bring their doctrine and bring their theology and bring their philosophy and bring their ideology, you get a church of Corinth up full of division, full of backbiting, full of murmurs and complainers and gossip and discord. But my friend, God is not the author of none of it. My friend, there's nothing more confusion, confusing than a church that's tied up in corruption of doctrine. Can't have that. God cannot work in a place where everybody's against one another and everybody's got different ideas and everybody's got their own uh, interpretation. By the way, there's no private interpretation. And the Bible still says, 2 Timothy uh, said, to, study thy show, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman need not be ashamed. Look here, rightly dividing the word of truth. We went over it and over it and over it and over it again, uh, my friend. But can I say tonight uh, that we're called to study this Bible and rightly divide it? And my friend, you'll never be able to understand the word of God if you don't know how to divide, rightly divide that. Uh, and look at dispensationalism. Preacher, what's dispensationalism? That's different times uh, uh, to different groups and uh, uh, people. God done things different ways. Are you listening? He's the same. I know today, uh, tomorrow, and forevermore. I know He never changes. But the way that God has dealt with mankind has most definitely changed throughout the years. I mean, does any, any of y'all ever wake up naked in the garden and God's speaking to you? He did Adam. Are you with me? He did Eve. I mean, he went and had to clothe them with the blood of a lamb in the Garden of Eden. I mean, does anybody, my friend, had to worry about the tabernacle, the feast of the, uh, the Passover and headed to the tabernacle? And no, that's not to us, my friend. Uh, it's all for us as it's a type uh, and a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, from Genesis to Revelation. It all points to Him. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's not all to us. Uh, it's for our learning. It's for our understanding. Uh, but 
my friend, you've got to divide the word of truth. Uh, can I say, you better you better hear me right here. Uh, can I say our preacher, our gospel, that uh, was preached through the Apostle Paul. Uh, that's the one preaching at the church of Corinth now. That's the one trying to take care of all the corruption of the charismatics, if you will. Uh, my friend, did you know me and Brother Dax was just talking about this uh, the other day? Hear me now. Hear what I'm saying tonight. Uh, did you know that if Jesus uh, at the preaching that Jesus done uh, uh, was not the preaching for you and I to get saved. Uh, he was not preaching death, burial, and resurrection uh, as was already passed uh, when he was on this earth. Uh, uh, his 33 and a half years uh, and his three and a half years uh, uh, ministry, it was kingdom salvation. Uh, it was prepare ye the way, make your way straight, uh, repent and trust uh, uh, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, uh, the kingdom of heaven uh, in the kingdom of God one spiritual one physical uh, my friend the gospel of Christ uh, uh, was not our gospel but thank God when he did die and he did get buried and he did resurrect uh, when he set the apostle Peter down upon Simon the tanner's roof uh, in the same instance he raised up uh, the apostle Paul and said preach to the Gentiles uh, the Jews have rejected me they nailed me on the cross. Uh, salvation came to the Jew first. Uh, then to the Gentile. Paul, go tell them if they want to be saved. Uh, uh, to confess with their mouth. Uh, and believe in their heart. Uh, uh, that God has raised me from the dead. And they shall be saved. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. And so one of those parts that's missing in this day and hour where most people are preaching that gospel but they mess up what you get after you believe the gospel right. and one of the main corruptions of the charismatics uh, my friend if you if you want to label it that I mean just it's false doctrine no matter how you look at it right. is number one the indoctrination of temporary salvation now you're only going to get temporary salvation if you base that upon one thing and that one thing is works Amen. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves it's a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast. And so it's not by works tonight and if God will let me I'm going to take you and walk you through and wade through these scriptures best I can. I'm probably going to slow down. I hope you're taking notes. Uh, I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to read it and write it down and go study it. Alright? And so quickly, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here because this is where we already covered, but I want you to turn with me tonight to the book of Ephesians. Uh, the book of Ephesians. Galatians, Ephesians. And let's go to chapter number 1. I'm not Again, I'm not going to preach. I'm just going to read these two and we're going to move on. Uh, the book of Ephesians tonight. And... Uh, <clears throat> Look in chapter number 1. Look with me in verse number 13. I, I, I am preaching, but I am going to slow down some tonight. And uh, just a side note, but I, I, I don't know what's... I, I've, been, I've been real tired for some reason all week long. It's like I can't get caught up on nothing. And, uh, man, I just ain't feeling the best this week. So if you would pray for me about that, I don't know what it is. Uh, Miss Christina says it's the aftermath of the China plague. I don't know. It might be... It might have caught up with me. That's what she swears by. And I did have that. It's, been, it's over a month ago now. And uh, half of it that I had, I was gone. So y'all didn't know about it. And nobody else knew about it either. They just say all amen right there. Amen. amen. I 
Ephesians chapter number 1. Look with me in verse number 13. <clears throat> I can read all this. Really, I'd like to, to be honest. And it'd do you good to, but I'm not. I'm just going to read this one verse. Um, there's so much here on eternal security in these first 12 verses before you get to verse 13. But look at verse number 13. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible says, In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye... Uh, excuse me, and whom also after that ye believed, look here, ye were sealed with the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit of promise. Does everybody see that? After you heard the word of truth and you believed and you were saved, the Bible said right then at conception, spiritual conception, you were sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. All right? Uh, look with me now in Ephesians. I've already quoted it, but I'll read it to you. Ephesians chapter number 2. Uh, look with me in verse number 8. The Bible said, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in Him. Look at verse 11. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past. Does everybody understand common English? Time past or Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That at that time ye were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. But now somebody ought to say Amen. In Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Uh, can I say salvation comes one way for him? And it's through the blood of Christ. It has nothing to do with your works. Uh, can I say, listen, you don't know why people go to hell. It ain't their works. You realize that drinking a beer don't send you to hell, don't you? You realize that committing fornication and lying and stealing and being a pervert and an adulterer and a murderer, th those works is not what sends a man to hell. Those works are a product of the man being a sinner. What sends a man to hell is that he's lost and he's never repented of an unbelieving unrepentant heart uh, can I say your works don't send you to hell and your works don't send you to heaven uh, my friend the only way that you're going to make a home uh, in a place called heaven through the blood uh, of the Lord Jesus that was shed upon uh, at the cross of Cal Calvary at uh, some 2,000 years ago it has nothing to do with your and my works tonight Nothing. Nothing to do with it. So those are some scriptures found in the book of Ephesians. Would you look with me in the book of Colossians? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians tonight. The indoctrination of temporary salvation that they teach and preach. The church of God, Pentecostals, apostolics. Charismatics, and then you even got it's even crept its way down into Baptist denominations. I know some Southern Baptists that believe the same thing. Of course, free will Baptists believe that you can lose your salvation. Most of them do. Um, I have heard of a few that don't, but most of them do. And so, what is this? Are we just up here to point our finger at everybody and say how wrong they are? No. I just want you to know what the Bible says. Right. Amen. 
I don't want you to walk around with a weight hanging over you that if you if you mess up and sin that you're going to die and go to hell. You're not going to go to hell. You might get out of fellowship with God, but you'll never get out of sonship. I've been saying this. God give it to me. I've never heard it. Probably been said a thousand times, but I, if I've heard it, I don't remember it. But you can't reverse a birth. Ain't not one of y'all that could just, you know, return to your mother's womb when you when something went wrong. You cannot reverse a birth. And so let's look tonight. I'm going to show you one of the key factors uh, in, in eternal security that you cannot deny. Colossians chapter number 2. Colossians chapter number 2. And I want to begin reading tonight <coughs> verse number 5. Colossians 2, 5. If you're there, say amen. Uh, Paul's writing again. He said, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. He said, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy. And vain deceit after the tradition of men. My Lord, read that again. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. And vain deceit after the tradition of men. After the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in Him which is the head of all principality and power. Notice this. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with Him in baptism wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead. Verse 13, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath He quickened together with Him having forgive you. Everybody say the next word with me. All trespasses, blotting out the very handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Somebody ought to say, thank God, hallelujah. So what Paul is telling the church here at Colossae is when you got saved, there was a spiritual circumcision that took place. Does everybody know what circumcision is tonight? Uh, under the law, they required a circumcision. That meant the cutting away of flesh. Uh, a male, a little baby boy is born. They circumcised them. They, they cut off, peel back and cut off the flesh of that newborn baby. Uh, the Bible said when you got saved, there was a circumcision that took place. Uh, can I alliterate or uh, illustrate this for you? Uh, when you get saved, the Holy Ghost takes the mighty blade in the hand of God through the sword of the Spirit and the Word of God. And the Bible said your old man that will live within you, uh, it was your old man, the body of the flesh that's tied to your sin. You understand this flesh still sins? Okay? Now listen, if you're, if you're making on, uh, confessing all your sins in order to be saved, friend, you ain't going to do it. Uh, there's no way you could ever confess them all. You can't keep up with them all. I mean, you ask for forgiveness over the ones you remember, but how many have we committed that we ain't even got an idea 
about. Aaron confessed so. If this old body is that body of circumcision, it's the body of flesh. The Bible said when you get saved, your soul and your spirit is cut away from the flesh. You realize when you get saved, uh, it's not your flesh that gets saved. Why is it you still want to cuss people out? Why is it you still want to throw temper tantrums? Why is it some of y'all still every now and then have a desire to drink or smoke dope? I, I don't care how saved you are. Uh, if your flesh has experienced the darkness of this world, you better hear me tonight. Your flesh still loves darkness. But thank God when you got saved, your soul's cut away. This is all Bible. Paul just told them, Church of Colossae, that there is a look in verse 11. He said, Whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. That spiritual circumcision. This is not a physical cutting, it's a circumcision made without hands. What's it doing? In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Can everybody read that in plain black and white? When you get saved, the, the old, the flesh man is put off. It's circumcised. It's cut away from the new man. That's how, my friend, we believe what you're saved, you're always saved. It's because when God cuts that old sinner man free, this old flesh can no longer taint my spirit and my soul. My friend, there's a whole lot more. Listen to me, neighbor. You better hear me tonight. If you could get unsaved, what that would mean? was your flesh I could literally pass through and infect the soul that's been covered by the blood. Let me say something. If this old flesh ever goes under Calvary's flow, it'll be saved, saved, saved. My friend, you cannot undo the blood of the Lord Jesus. You can't do it. Your flesh could take your soul. That would mean your flesh could overpower the blood. You're two different natures. You got a physical sinner nature and you got the spirit man. Your soul, the new man, the Bible said. You're a new creature in. Notice this. The reason that people can't understand this is all they look at is the physical realm. Yeah. Listen to me. Listen to me. Salvation is spiritual. Amen. We are not saved physically through salvation. It is spiritual. When you die, it's your spiritual man, your soul that goes to heaven. One day it's going to be physical, but God ain't never letting these bodies in. You know that, right? Like the Bible said He's going to change them. And He's going to make them like and unto Him. And we're going to get a glorified body. Why does these old bodies still break down and get buried in a graveyard? I'm going to tell you why. Because they never had a salvation. They've never been covered by the blood. But my friend, for the saints of God, they're just planting. These old shells are planting. They're bursting forth from the grave one of these days. And God is going to take these old flesh bodies and He's going to glorify them and put our soul and our body back together. My friend, and that's when we'll be all the way, if you will, saved. That's when even your flesh is spiritual in the sight of God. Glorified body. Spiritual circumcision. If you can't understand spiritual circumcision, you're in trouble. Go with me to 1 John chapter 
uh, number three tonight. Again, I, this ain't propaganda. This ain't an agenda. This is Bible. I don't care if you if you agree with me. I want you to agree with the book. With the book, First John chapter number uh, three tonight. First John chapter number three. Look with me in verse number one. You there say amen. amen. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Beloved, now. Hello. Yes. I mean, I ought to get a whoop, glory, hallelujah. I mean, something. Shazam, say something. Right. Now are we the sons of God. When? What if they just sin though? Does that change what God said in His Word? What are we going to do with this? Now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. What's that talking about? It's talking about that circumcision, that flesh from the soul. we got a glimpse, we got an idea, but we don't have a clue what we're going to be. But we know that when He shall appear, look here, we shall be like Him. This is That's the body, the resurrection of the physical body. For we shall see Him as He is. And every man that hath his hope in Him purifieth himself even as He is pure. Is your hope in Christ? Then the Bible said you're pure. Your flesh? No. You know your flesh is impure. I don't got to tell you that. You already know. So what's it talking about? It's talking about the soul. Verse 4, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of law. Time out. Are we even under the law? No. Are we subject to the law? No. Are we in bondage to the law? No. Are we saved by the law? No, no sir. Amen. Look here, verse 5, And you know that He was manifested to take away our sins, and in Him is no sin. So how many of y'all, I, if you don't raise your hand, I'm going to assume you're lost. And headed, I'm in a hundred mile an hour straight to hell. How many of y'all believe this? When you got saved, you were saved in Christ. If you don't believe that, you're not saved. What else are you going to get saved into? How many of y'all believe if you're saved that you're in the body of Christ? How you reckon your sins going to enter that body and get you unsaved again? Come on, somebody. I mean, this, I'm just preaching the Bible. Verse 6. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Hold up. I just caught you on the track. I just asked you who was in Christ. Everybody in here raised their hand. So now I'm going to ask you another question. How many of y'all is without sin? One's right. Two's right. Three's right. Now y'all start raising your hand. You are without sin. Yes. That Bible just said if you're in it, you're without sin. Amen. It's not your flesh. Yeah. We claim to be in the body of Christ. Are we in it? No, I'm in sin. What about the church? What you're looking at, flesh man, but my soul is in Christ. That's why Paul said he hath made us to sit together in heavenly places. Uh, can I say tonight? We're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, there's no sin. Continue reading with me. Verse 6, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, 
Let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. Talking of Christ. And he that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested in the flesh that he might destroy the works of the devil. Look here. Whosoever is born of God. How many of y'all are born again? Raise your hand. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Somebody all shout tonight. You cannot sin if you're in Christ. You said, but I sinned today. You sure did. But not the man that got saved, didn't it's the flesh man that sinned. Because once you're born of God, you cannot sin. Does everybody see this? This makes me want to throw something. You cannot sin. Alright? So, the Bible's given us another plain scripture on spiritual circumcision. Look with me. Uh, look with me. Look with me in 1 John chapter number uh, 2 quickly. Right to your left. Just a simple verse I want to read you. Verse 25. Or verse 24. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you Ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He hath promised us even eternal life. God don't birth you in the family and then kick you out of your sin because that ain't what He saved no how. He saved your soul, not your flesh. Go with me to First uh, John chapter number 5. First John chapter number 5. Everybody all right? Let's just read all of verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. How do you know if you're born again? Do you believe Jesus is Christ? Do you believe death, burial, resurrection? That's the power of the gospel and the salvation unto the Gentile. Amen. And everyone that loveth him that begat uh, loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God. Keep his commandments. For this is the love of God. We keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. It is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. There are three that bear witness in the, in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. That's the Holy Spirit. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given unto us eternal life, 
life, and this is li- and this life is in His Son. So where's your eternal life come from? It comes from Christ. It's all in Christ. Verse twelve: He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. Look at this. Verse thirteen: These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may be believe on the name of the Son of God. It's in Him. We sing that song, I know my name's there. If you don't believe in this, you don't know. I mean, you might as well say amen. If you don't think that you're in Him and He keeps you and your soul is cut away from your flesh and your flesh is still a sinner and your flesh is still the old man with the old nature, but when you're born again, you're born a new creature in Christ, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's on the inside of man. I don't say there to have to convince you your flesh is lost. You know it is. That flesh ain't saved. Why is it you get up here, God speaks to your heart, and you come up here to pray, and all of a sudden the God off what's most pervertedest things in the whole world just pops in your mind? That's the flesh man. Come on, somebody. Don't act like y'all don't live like that. I know how it works. I can't tell you the times. I don't know where it comes from. Where? Uh, where? I'm talking about where out of the pits of hell does some of this stuff come from? It's our flesh. It's wicked. It's wicked tonight. All right. So we see that First John there. All right, let's look in. Uh, let's go to the book of First Corinthians, chapter number three. Everybody okay? Thirty-seven minutes. Stay with me. First Corinthians, chapter three. Talk about the indoctrination of temporary salvation. They teach them it's all by works that you can lose it, but in reality, it's nothing to do with works. There's one work. It's the work of Christ across the Calvary. First Corinthians chapter number three and uh, verse number eleven. First Corinthians chapter three, verse number eleven. Be there, say amen. amen. For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build up upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Look, but he himself shall be saved. Yes, so as by fire. You know what the Bible says here? Every man that's saved, uh, my friend, our works will be judged and will be tried by fire. If they're gold, silver, and precious stones, if they're works that our intentions were pure and the deeds we've done were pure in the sight of God and not for some agenda or some pat on the back or some flesh pot uh, of a reward, then they'll remain and we'll get to cast those rewards at His feet. But for those who build upon wood, hay, and stubble, their, their works will burn up. And when their, bur- their works burn up, the Bible said all their life, their works, their deeds, will be burned up but they'll be saved yet so as by fire in other words they're not going to burn but their lives will burn up their works will burn works do not get you works do not give you righteousness works give you rewards are you with me your righteousness does not come by way of works 
Your rewards come by way of words. Do I believe there are people in heaven that are saved as the thief on the cross and never done not one thing for the cause of Christ and didn't have absolutely hardly nothing to give him? Yes, I most certainly believe that there is a crowd there today. All they got was saved. And their life is a pure waste for the cause of Christ. Is that because they did nothing? Or maybe everything they've done was bad. Does that mean they go to hell? Not according to that Bible. It means their works are burned up. But their soul is saved. You don't know why your works can't condemn you to hell? Because you didn't get saved by your works. If we got saved by works, then I could understand temporary salvation. We didn't get saved by works. We got saved by grace. Through faith. And the cross of Calvary. Amen? Everybody see that? Yes. All right. Let's look here with me now. I'm kind of jumping around a little more than I thought I would. Let's go to uh, let's go to, to the book of Galatians, chapter number 6. Verse number 6. Galatians 6, 6. The Bible says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, as we have therefore opportunity. Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Paul making a simple statement here that what you reap is what you'll sow, or what you sow is what you'll reap. If it's of the flesh, it'll reap corruption. If it's of the Spirit, it will uh, reap life everlasting. Look in verse number 12. He said, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that you may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. What he's saying, he's going back to the old law. He said, some of y'all, you claim to be circumcised, you still ain't in Christ. Some of you ain't, you ain't in Christ. It makes no difference. Paul's preaching the same gospel that you and I believed on. And what he said was this. He said, it's in verse 15, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncertain. You know what he's saying? Your works don't matter. Whether you've kept the law or not kept the law, that does not amount to anything concerning salvation in this dispensation of time. The gospel is the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, plus or minus nothing. Once your soul saved, it's sealed, it's kept until the day of redemption. Let's go to uh, man, I've got so much stuff. We're, we're kind of close. Let's go to uh, 2 Timothy. Is everybody okay? I'm still preaching. Second Timothy.
verse number 9, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling. 2 Timothy 1, 9. Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. Hello? Amen. But according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But it's now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed to preach. I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Uh, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able. Yeah. Listen, if this was in our hands, okay, we might, we're probably going to lose it, but it ain't. He said, I know in whom I believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. I could read on and on. I mean there's stuff all through the scriptures. All over the place. About how you're saved for eternity. Yeah. Uh, let's look now in the book of Romans. I want to go back to the book of Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Romans. Let's look first in chapter number 3. I'll be done shortly. Romans chapter number 3. And uh, let's look at verse 19. Romans 3, 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who were under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So if, you're, if we're looking at ourselves in light of the law, we're everyone condemned. Yeah. Verse 21, but now. I love the but nows. But gods and all those buts in the Bible. I, I, they, they're a turning point. Yeah. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we're all sinners. Okay? Verse 24. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is, there's that word again, in Christ Jesus whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just, and the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? Nay. It's not by the law. It's not those who keep the law. It's not by works, but by the law of... Faith. Verse 28. 
Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Does everybody see that? We're in Christ and it's not by the works or the the law. It's one law, the law of faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not your works. You cannot sin yourself out of the body. Because this thing's a sinner before you got saved. It's a sinner while you're saved. And it's going to be a sinner after you're saved. Are you with me? Once you die, it's still a sinful body until God resurrects it and glorifies it. That's why bodies decay. They're not glorified. You know everything that sin dies, don't you? For the wage of sin is... You want to know why we're all pointed unto men once to die after this judgment? Because we're flesh. And we're sin. This is sin. You want to see sin? Look in the mirror. You don't have to look at me. Look at yourself. I don't have to look at you to see sin. All i got to do is look at me. And if we're trying to figure all this out, well, I don't know. Those so and so. I mean, if somebody pulled out from them, they cussed. And then because they cussed, got hit by 18 wheel and they died. And they hadn't repented. They hadn't got it fixed. They're going to hell. You've lost your mind if that's the way you believe. God justified them from past sins, present sins, and future sins. It's all been washed away through and by the blood. Their soul is sealed sanctified, separated, set apart, circumcised, and saved for all of eternity. It's not easy believism. It's it's biblical salvation. Doctrinal, biblical salvation. Of course, we know this. I'm just going to read it anyways. Romans 6.23, I just quoted it. For the way it says, death, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look with me in Romans chapter number 8. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I want Brother Shelby to read. I'll stop you and all that. I'll tell you when to stop. Uh, Romans chapter number 8, look at verse 1. Just start reading. How I know we're saved forever. Listen to the Word of God. There is therefore now no Stop. When? Now. When? Now. When's now? Right now? So if you read that tomorrow, is it still now? What about 12, 13, 14 years from now? Is it still now? If you're reading that 14 days, this day, 14 years down the road, and you say there is therefore now, does that still mean now? All right, continue. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life is in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin. So the law of the spirit of life in, again, it's all in Christ. In Christ Jesus hath made me free from what? The law of sin and death. That's the flesh. That's what I just said. All right, verse 3. Likeness. Mm. So let's stop right here. So God sends His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Yeah. Now He wasn't in sinful flesh. He was in the likeness of sinful flesh. Okay? For sin, condemn sin in the flesh. 
So because he was made in the likeness of sinful flesh, which is just like this, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right. Jesus said, I am. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Christ right. was the word. The yeah. word was made flesh. Yeah. Was yeah. manifest, made flesh, dwelt among us in the likeness of flesh. He died in the flesh. He came, lived in the flesh to condemn the sin of the flesh in the other mankind. They could be set apart, set free from the bondage of sin. indeed can be. What about that? The carnal mind, it cannot be submissive and it cannot be uh, yeah. Go ahead. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh. Stop. Do what? Now who in the world is he talking to? He's talking to people that say your position in Christ is not in your flesh. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell. So how many of y'all saved? How many of y'all believe when you got saved that God's the keeper of His Word and the Holy Ghost lives within you? Therefore, present your body a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, to your reasonable service. This is the temple of God. What you're looking at, this old flesh body. And so, if the Spirit of God is in you, the Bible just said, if God saves you and the Spirit's in you, ye are not in the flesh. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Read verse number 10. Well, <laughs> y'all heard that song? Every now and then, an old friend of mine. Then it gets to the chorus. And the man you see before you, he may look a lot the same. I may wear the same old clothes. I've got the same old name. But you're just looking on the outside. If you could see inside, instead, you would find a brand new man. Cause the old man is dead. That's what, that, that's what he just read. What you're looking at, y'all have heard the show, I ain't never watched it. Walking Dead, that's what that's what we're living in. Yeah, right. We're walking dead men. Because this old man's dead because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a dead man. I'm a new man. I'm alive on the inside. This is a dead man. Continue on.
So that's these old bodies. He's going to quicken them one day. They're going to come out of the graveyard. We're going to get a glorified body. Verse 12. We're not in debt to this old nasty flesh. It's dead. stop right there and we could shout from now until the trump of God sounds you're saved because your old man is dead this old flesh is dead and dying it's dying it's dead but the inward man it's not a sinner it's not dead it's been born again. It's a new creature in Christ. It's sealed, set apart, circumcised, cut away from this flesh. The reason that a man's soul goes to hell before he gets saved is because it's never been circumcised from the filth of his flesh. Amen. You understand that? Is everybody with me? I mean, half of you's with me, half of you, you've done checked out and you're looking at your neighbor and writing and playing on your phone. But one of these days when you look at him face to face and, and, and all this becomes your faith becomes sight, you're going to have a time too. Yeah. Are you with me? The reason lost men's souls go to hell is because they never had a spiritual circumcision away from this flesh. No sin can enter into heaven. Their soul is sinful because it's still attached to their flesh. But when you get saved, your flesh and your soul are circumcised. Are cut from one another. And the new man that lives on the inside is saved and saved forever. We're going to stop there. I've got a lot more scriptures, but I'm not going to give them to you tonight. Any questions or comments? That's all we're going to get to tonight. I just want you to know this stuff. Where, where there's going to be some weeks we're going to slow down and it's going to be more teaching kind of. Preaching other weeks. Man, last week I tried to, I couldn't even get started. Um, you know, that's all the Lord's business. Right. And he said, I fix with milk and not with meat, for if you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. They were spitting the milk up. He said, For you're yet carnal, whereas there's among you envy and strife and divisions. So they're sinning, and yet he says they're still in Christ. Mm -hmm. There you go. There's, there you go. And then, they're sinning, but they're still in Christ. And God heals with them as children. That's right. That's right. Amen. He don't kick you out of the family when you sin. He corrects you. He don't disown you. He disciplines you. Oh, yeah.
Anyone else? All right, let's all stand.